Welcome to Men in This Town, the podcast. I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, and for over a decade, I've been photographing men's street style in various towns around the world, looking for those whose dress sense speak volumes about who they are. In this podcast, I take a closer look at those men by bringing them into the studio for a portrait and having a chat about their particular approach to the many facets of life. In this episode, I welcome Tyrone Pinor to the studio, a man that caught my eye during this past fashion week here in Sydney, and I knew I had to have a chat with him. Currently working his way up the ranks in the Australia media industry, the now radio presenter at Triple J is on a journey of finding out who he wants to be in this world, and expressing it through his personal style is just the beginning. Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session, and in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. so much for coming. Really appreciate it. We'll get right into it. I, uh, as I mentioned, I noticed you during this past fashion week um, with your style kind of standing out there on the streets. And I just loved the, the joy you brought to it. Mm. I think that you saw joy kind of the way you wore your clothes and the way you had fun with it. Um, we'll get into kind of your style in a bit, but we'll kind of start off the podcast in general with just introducing yourself. Uh, your name, age, and what you do for a living. Uh, so my name is Tyrone Pinal. Um, I'm 22 and I work in the media space more broadly, mm. uh, more specifically within radio and television. 22? You've, you're doing a lot already. You're getting up there. <laughs> you're climbing the ladder quite well. Yeah. I, I, it actually is crazy because I feel like I've been doing a lot over the past five years well post school Mm. I think finishing high school I feel like I've constantly been doing things um and it's only sort of coming to fruition now being Mm. 22 uh but yeah again a lot of things what were you into when you were young and kind of to express your creativity what was that kind of thing that you kind of Mm. gravitated towards well it's interesting because I mean when you're young you don't really like it, you struggle to sort of find what you love and mm. and what you draw yourself to and so when i was younger i mean i knew i loved doing hands on stuff i loved being creative whether it was uh cooking painting drawing writing um but i sort of fell in love with the art form of photography mm. sort of the visual media side of things and um fell in love with photography uh, in the later years of my high school which I kind of had a look at on your Instagram and beautiful shots. And Thank I think you. something you had a, for being so young, you have a nice kind of point of view, yeah. I think, there as well. That's quite hard to get as a photographer, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the people that I meet and the people that I talk to, it's sort of having that eye for detail. It's mm. something you might know, you know, um, you see a shot and you, you picture it in your head and you sort of bring it to life with whatever medium you use, whether it be film, uh, photography, videos, all that sort of stuff. It's sort of built into that creative mind. Um, so was that something you did kind of on the side with photography when you were in school or did you study it or? I didn't study it. Um, my dear friend, Sally Clark, who is a, an extremely talented photographer, sort of took me under her wing um, and taught me everything she knows really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, having that creative mind and that was already built in there. It was the eye for detail and the eye for framing and all of that sort of stuff that I already had, but I just needed to sort of hone in 
a bit more and, and Sally helped a lot with that and we, you know, constantly would go out and snap photos and mm. and just run around and run amok with a camera. So that's that sort of building the creative force behind you. Do you have anyone in your family that kind of had that creative eye or gene? It's like how was it like growing up? What was yeah. it like? Oh, growing up was very weird. There's a, um, yeah, it's, there's no one really within the family or, you know, close vicinity of the family that sort of had that creative eye that I can look back on and be like, that's where I got it from. Mm. That, there's no one that sort of rings a bell, which is crazy because I look at where I am now and look at the spaces that I'm in and the things that I'm doing and a lot of people in my family aren't sort of affiliated with that sort of stuff. Right, right. So, it's, so it's very weird. I, I sort of think... Where did that all come from? But um, I don't know, I, I built different, I guess. And and the more I sort of progress in this journey, I realise that you've actually got to keep being creative. You've got to, mm. you've got to use um, your talents in order for you to sort of grow and become better at them. So I find that if I take a month or a, a few months even, which is the case with photos and stuff, I haven't been doing that for quite a while. Um, from other commitments, mm. but you find that you sort of lose touch with that that stuff, and it's like working out almost. You need to kind of keep it up. It's that 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 muscle in the brain that yes. needs flexing all the time. You know, most definitely. And I mean, when it comes to working out, and you take a week off, and then you come back to the gym, it's hard, oh, right? <laughs> it is hard, but um, yeah, you sort of pick it back up very easily because that muscle memory Mm. that you've been training for however long that you've been doing it just sort of kicks back into gear. Absolutely. What was um, being in that big family, your way of kind of standing out when it came to like fashion? Clearly you stand out in a great way right now. What was it like growing up in that time? Mm. Fashion has never really played a part in growing up. Mm. Um, I never really took note of what I was wearing or how I presented myself but I feel like that plays into my fashion now Mm. I feel like I want to look the best that I can I want to present myself the best way that I can and I want to have fun with it I want to be creative with what I wear I want to test boundaries Um, and I think growing up and sort of looking at societal ways of how you know, male and females are meant mm. to dress and there's this sort of standard that you have to meet. And I think that uh, growing up, I've always been very open-minded with that sort of stuff and I sort of took a turn at one point in my life of just being like, I don't I don't need to wear what people want me to wear or what people expect me to wear, but I just want to have fun with it. And it's a, I guess it's another way of being creative and having that creative outlet was fashion. What do you think inspired that? What gave you that courage? Because it does take a bit of courage to be able to kind of say, well, fuck you to society and yeah. I want to do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. Um, it definitely came from, you know, my journey with photography. I fell in love with the art form of portraits mm. more generally. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time with models and I sort of, really loved fashion and and people who sort of express themselves on the outside with their clothes. And so I took a lot of photos of people who just looked great. And, you know, I really wanted to capture that in my photos. And sure enough, I fell in love with it enough to just be like, 
I want to try that. Yeah, I want to try that. Mm. I, I want to you know get creative and um, get crazy with what I wear. So I think that's definitely where it sort of stemmed from. But also just being more confident in yourself and sort of growing up and discovering yourself, discovering your self-worth mm. and being like, you can wear whatever you want. I think there's a lot to say even kind of, you know, you doing all these photo shoots and photographing people and you slowly start to find your people, mm. you know, and kind of then you feel comfortable kind of the way that you can express yourself. Yes. It just seems like you've done. It's I mean, one thing everyone needs to know when they're growing up is that there is a community out there mm. for whatever you love or mm. whatever passion you have. There is a soul community out there that is dedicated, that think the same, that look the same, that want the same thing as you. And the more you grow up, uh, the easier it is to sort of find that and you sort of drift into that community. Mm. And that's one thing that happened with both photos, both fashion, uh, is that I sort of drifted towards those communities. And sure enough, I found myself within, you know, the thick of it, you mm. know, people um, like-minded creatives who were based in the same place that I was or uh, people who dressed amazingly and sort of expressed uh, their creativity through fashion. I sort of fell into that group and that community. And it is, it's very, very uh, sense of home, I mm. guess, when you okay. when you find people like that. And it just feels very, very comfortable. And it's feel you're lucky when you find people like that i think it's not everyone gets that chance and it's hard to open yourself up to that you know so it is hang on to that because you have it (laughs) so as you were in school kind of creating and kind of doing things how did you make sense of what the next step was of what you wanted to do after you left high school Mm. so my journey after high school is a very weird very very weird journey so i um the last couple of years i took um, a school-based traineeship. So I worked in the bank for about two years as a bank teller Mm. whilst doing my HSC. Um, And that was where I was because it was was a job. Mm. And yeah, yeah, business was not on the cards, but it wasn't off the cards as well. You Mm. know, I was young. I thought, hey, maybe working at a bank is going to be it. It's going to be cool. Mm. Never done before. 16-year-old me in the bank dealing with money. <laughs> you know, it's every every kid's dream, <laughs> counting $100 bills. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that for about two years, finished up, um, and sort of that's when my mind was running over. I love creative media. Mm. I love photos. I was really playing with that medium at the time. Um, and I knew post high school, I said, hey, I want to move into something that is more creative, maybe in the media space. Um, and that's when I had been approached by a guy at SBS. And I sort of fell into a position there and they took me under their wing. I'd been working for them for about four years. So post high school. And what were you doing there to start with? So I was working in their camera department. All right, cool. Yeah, so I did a lot of their filming um, all sorts of things with them, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then the journey sort of kept rolling on. About two or three years, I was hosting a music show with NITV. So how did it jump from being kind of behind the scenes to in front of the camera? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it's just people who look at you and say, this person's got it. Mm. Or, it, you know, it takes that one person to be like, this person has what it takes 
to do a certain thing. Mm. And there were multiple people who sort of saw something in me to be like, okay, this guy's got character, you know, he's got looks, he he shouldn't be on the other side of the camera. <laughs> That sort of stuff. So, did you know it in yourself? Did you have the interest in kind of to begin with? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, 12 year old Tyrone wanted to be an actor. Like, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. That was the dream. That was the be all end all. Yeah. Wanted to be an actor, um, but sort of fell behind the camera, which I loved. I adored every well, second. It's great about. to kind of get that hands on experience from the back and kind of, you know, then you know, you know how everything works, I yeah. think, which is a good way to kind of build your stuff up. Oh yeah, and the yeah. more the more time I've spent sort of in that space in um, film and television and stuff, the more I realize how important it is to sort of be across both behind the camera and in front of the camera. So I mean, I pride myself on being well versed in both now, um, but it's been an absolute journey. It it really has. And then you've kind of now worked your way. You're at Triple J, um, which for international um, listeners, you want to describe what Triple J is like? Yeah, so Triple J is a national youth broadcaster. Uh, it's radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a whole different medium yeah. to TV, <laughs> right? So was that kind of a big jump for you or did you feel comfortable jumping into that? It was, I, funnily enough, I felt really comfortable jumping into Mm. it. I don't know, it was a space of media. You were working Mm. um, around a lot of the same stuff in TV. Very different, but very same, same at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, But being technically minded after spending so many years in television, I feel like I was able to pick a lot of things up in radio very, very quickly. Mm. Um, Big jump different atmospheres, but I love it. I love radio so much and I love music, which is uh, the sole reason that makes it so enjoyable Mm. to just play music and talk about something that I love all the time. How do you think your work has influenced your style? Hmm. Because it's, I guess, maybe evolved since when you were at SBS. I was looking at your Instagram and it was like, oh, you have had like this little bit of a jump all of a sudden. And oh it's my God, yeah. It's like so, something sparked you. Yeah, it is crazy. And I'll tell you what sparked me because I used to work, well, I, st- I still do currently, but I worked in the camera department at SBS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, I dress pops of color here mm-hmm. and there. And when people think of, people who are, you know, doing the camera work and behind the camera, they sort of have this built vision of what they should wear and what they should look like. And I remember one of the older guys in the camera room actually pulled me aside and was like, hey, maybe you should start dressing a bit more, you know, tone it down a bit. Um, And I was just like, okay, what? (laughs) So that was, I think, a turning point for me to be like, um... No. I want to turn it up a bit. I want to turn it up a bit. <laughs> I do. Um, and then I, I spent about a month in Japan. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, and that was just the most eye-opening experience when it comes to street fashion and mm. just, you know, the way people are dressed out on the street, you know, whether it be going down to the shops or they're going out or they're going to grab coffee, that they present themselves the best way possible. And so I came back with Japan with so many clothes and I was like, I will show you what turning it down is. (laughs) (laughs) And turning it up in the best way. Exactly. Tokyo is one of my favorite places to photograph. It's just the attention to detail to everything they do. You know what? 
I see it in you as well. You can see that inspiration of that Japanese street style mm. is just that taking pride in what you're wearing, doing a style that could be any extreme, but doing it with such precision and pride, you know, which yes, I love. Yes, and I, I love what you say about attention to detail because mm. that is exactly what I saw in Japan, mm. you know, from the accessories down to the shoes to the socks. Like, And socks were something that I took from Japan and was like, you can do a lot with socks. <laughs> you can change a whole fit with socks. Yeah. Uh, so I just, you know, bought all these socks with different patterns, different colours and sort of sort of experimented at one point with just colour blocking in my in my outfits and, you know, matching it with whatever socks I was wearing to mm. whatever shirt I was wearing um, and doing all that sort of stuff. So I definitely came back from Japan, went into that camera room, dressed to the <laughs> nines, and I was like, this is me turning it down. Take me for what I am. Yeah. If you don't want me, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> they can't let you go. <laughs> so I'm still around. <laughs> so how would you describe your, your style right now? And what are you wearing? If you want to share some of the pieces. Um, so I think my style, I've always thought of being not low budget, but cheap, but looks expensive. Mm. That's that sort Smart. of vibe. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> So I want to I want to keep things as low budget but as high fashion as possible, mm. um, and by doing this, I think it plays into a role of being sustainable. I want to be as sustainable as possible, and I try and half my wardrobe, most of my wardrobe is secondhand stuff, yeah, either right. from op shops or vintage stores, um, and I'm a firm believer in finding that one piece in a store like that all it take it can, it can take half an hour it can take an hour in the store mm. but you will find that one piece and you walk out of there and you turn that piece into something that is over the top with the attention to detail with the accessories so um, you like to kind of surround like have that main piece and kind of work around it yes yes yeah. you get the hero piece and you add everything else around it mm. um so everything that i'm wearing today I think this is my housemate's jumper. This Carhartt vest is uh, bought from a market, which I had bartered down just a bit. It's, Love. it's always a nice steal and find someone you yes. can like do that. <laughs> Love that. Um, and then pants are from the op shop. Like it's just working with what you've got, making it the best that you can. Yeah. I've always just sort of come into whatever space that I go into being like, if you can't handle me, you can't handle me. Where does that come from? Because I think that's a lot of the time it's people have trouble with that. You know, yeah. it's like I feel, you know, one of the things I always photograph when I'm doing street style is the confidence. And that's mm. what I'm looking for mainly more so than the style. And it's, I think that there's something so attractive about that. Where do you think that confidence for you comes from? Hmm. I'm not too, I, it's been a journey over the past couple of years, mm. you know, and you might be able to see it through my Instagram or stuff like that. Um, but there definitely has been a journey both in fashion mm. and with that comes a journey of self-confidence right. and, and finding self-worth uh, and being able to hone in on that, jump on it and just ride with it. Mm. So finding out that you are really that bitch you are, <laughs> you are that person. Any space that you walk into, you want to capture an audience. And I'm not too sure where it's come from, but mm. it definitely has been a journey because it hasn't been around that long. Yeah. Like I know in myself it wasn't there 
when I finished high school. Like, it's just sort of grown from that period of time. Yeah, I hear you. So what is your kind of day-to-day life like? It seems like there are a lot of kind of moving parts. So it's what does kind of an average day look like for you? Well, wake up, decide. I usually spend about half an hour. It can be an hour deciding what I'm going to wear mm. for the day, <laughs> sort of setting myself up. And it sort of starts there because if I'm wearing something that I feel great in and I feel confident in, I walk out, I set myself up for the day. It's going to be a great day already. Mm. Um, so once I find something to wear... Uh, sort of get ready, always get a coffee. I always, I am a fiend for a coffee. So <laughs> I think a lot of us are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need that little caffeine hit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think about how many coffees I drink and it is, yeah, probably a bit too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting a coffee uh, and then going to work. So I like to walk to work from where I am. It's not a long walk. But is I also, that uh, ABC Studios? Yeah. Yep. yep. So it's a very short walk for me. I also just love walking. So uh, walk to work, do my show and finish up. Generally, I mean, in the space of radio, it's great. You, you jump on and I love what I do. So it's just playing music for the most part. And I love having a little dance in the studio. Mm. It's something that I think it's a, a release of energy and it's just a way of having fun with what I'm doing. Um, and in order to do that, I have to be enjoying myself, which I do a lot of the time in studio. So finishing up a shift there and possibly just going home, <laughs> going home. Yeah. That, that, that's probably a day in the life or always catching up with friends. Yeah. I always like to do something. So I always need to be doing something. I feel whether it be going out, catching up with friends, having a drink, grabbing dinner, going to see a movie, going out somewhere. Um, but, yeah, always on the go. There there seems to be such a, a joy that comes from you. But clearly it's like everyone has their downtimes. How do you get over that hump? Oh, what would it be? Definitely walking. Mm. Like I said, love walking. But just music in and going for a nice long walk is Beautiful. Mm. It is the most healing thing for me to do in moments like that. Mm. Um, as well as dressing up, making myself look good, making myself feel good and taking photos of myself mm. because I feel like I want to document all of these moments and all of these pieces and all of the outfits that I wear and sort of keep that log. But making myself feel good and and look good is is warming at some time. Mm. I think it is that just what you present on the outside could just do wonders for 100%. what goes on inside, isn't it? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Whether it be you know dressing up and um, taking photos of yourself or you're going for a walk, just I don't know, presenting yourself in in a way that seems like you know what you're doing, mm. um, does wonders Faking for the inside. until you make it. Faking <laughs> until you make it, my friend. I hear you. Trust me. <laughs> I love that. Well, last question. What is it like to be you right now? What, where's your mind head at? I mean, you kind of expressed it, I think, through everything you're doing. But right now in this moment, how does it feel? It, it feels great. It feels really, really good. I can feel this whole new chapter sort of opening up mm. and it's this movement of 
changing careers and and moving into more of if you say a talent side of things and less of back of house or or production side of things and I absolutely adore both um and dare I say I'm good at both Mm. but um at this moment in time I can sort of feel that movement and it's only just the beginning which is the most exciting bit for me but as time is yet to progress I can feel that I'm climbing a very steep mountain but what's at the peak is going to be the most delightful experience. Coming off the back of Fashion Week, mm. being in that space is so crazy. Was that the first time? It was second year, second but year. Um, yeah, first year that was sort of really involved with what was happening and some of the runways and, you know, being there for First Nations Fashion and Design Runway, a, a historical runway mm-hmm. that happened this year was amazing and you're sort of in that space and as someone who loves fashion you talk to these people and you're seeing all of this unfold in front of you I walked out of there being like okay I will walk down the runway (laughs) next year like that is that is the next goal goal. yeah I love that was there a highlight during the week that you enjoyed it was most definitely the First Nations fashion and design runway that was absolutely spectacular it was something very very special to witness and just being front row at that was yeah nothing short of amazing i feel like it was i've been to fashion weeks for years and it was the first time i found like the old guard is kind of gone Mm. and it was like a opening up a whole new fashion week a whole new experience of having a diverse group of people involved in it as opposed to what it was, I think. Yeah, I think this year we definitely saw a shift within Fashion Week in terms Mm. of being more diverse in uh, both models, designers, Mm. uh, back of house, all of that sort of stuff. So it was very, um, it was quite beautiful to see. I mean, a whole runway dedicated to First Nations creatives, both, you know, uh, musicians, models, uh, back of house, all of that sort of stuff. So... It's something that I'm very, very passionate about in creating a safe space for diverse people to sort of enter. And especially in the media world, we don't really see it. And as a person of colour, to enter into a space like Triple J or television or that sort of stuff, it's hard. Mm. It can be hard and challenging at times. You're not around your own people and some of these spaces are very difficult to sort of infiltrate when you're by yourself. Absolutely. Um, So this runway was very special uh, because it was a safe space. It felt very safe and you were surrounded by mob. You were surrounded by your people. Mm. The energy was just, uh, yeah, divine. I I had the absolute pleasure actually the other day of attending um, this event that was put on by Narelda Jacobs and she works with Channel 10, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, classed as something that is a mainstream channel and she's a proud Wajak Noongar woman from Perth mm. um, and she's working in that space and doing a great bloody job at it. But she put on this special event uh, the other night and it was pretty much just all of these successful First Nations people coming together in one room to sort of connect, Mm. catch up, talk, chat. But entering that space and walking around and seeing some of these massive 
you know, figures in the black space, but not just the black space, in the mainstream space. Yeah. You have people who are entertainment reporters. You have well-known sports players, models, designers, small business owners, entrepreneurs. Like walking into that space, I thought, wow, again, safe space. This is a space that we have created built off our successes mm. and we're showing that we are infiltrating spaces that are predominantly, you know, whitewashed and white cultured but we are coming in and we're doing the groundwork and we hear it might be the start but stuff is happening. Whatever I do next, whatever I'm currently doing and whatever I do next, I always put my best foot forward and say that I'm representing, I have a whole diverse entourage behind me i mm. i'm representing so much more than just me by entering a space that is classed as mainstream or that isn't solely based around being diverse there is a shift within the younger generation mm. as well oh, yeah. to sort of be striving towards stuff like that mm. being like okay we have um some of our you know older sisters, brothers, uncles, aunties that are sort of infiltrating these spaces of mainstream media, which is great. And, mm. you know, they are the people that we are striving towards. We are yes. looking up yeah. to them. But I, th I feel like the younger generation... And you can do more. Yeah, yeah we yeah. want to do more, you mm. know. We're, we're trained in a whole different society um, and we know certain things and how they work. And so I feel like we, as this generation, want to build our own platforms yes. and our own spaces yeah. in order for all them young POC people coming up, mm. they can sort of look at these spaces and be like, that's mainstream, yes. or, you know, and yeah. that was built off, you know, so-and-so and, and this person who is Indigenous or mm. Pacifica or um, any sort of diverse background. Mm. I love that. Beautiful way to kind of end it right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm so excited to see what you do kind of ongoing and follow your career. And I think you're going to do some amazing things. It's oh, exciting. Thank you so much. I'm very excited as well. Awesome. Thanks, Tyrone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Men in This Town, the podcast, produced by Mitwork and recorded at Pocket Studio in Sydney. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate and leave a review wherever you're listening. And as always, thanks for your support.